1: Sounding off. Are you ready to sound off today, Becky? Linda?
2: Absolutely. Got a head full.
1: We are ready. Uh, Me too. My heart is full. My head is full. And my tummy's full too. Darn. I have been really, it's been quite, quite uh, a time in our life recently. And I've really been looking at corruption in government and how prevalent it is. And and although it seems so intense right now, and so um, it doesn't really seem new, but it seems much more intense than ever. And yet I was reminded that really corruption in government has always been, it has always, always been there. I went went to church and it was so fantastic. I was I felt really like he was speaking just to me, which happens sometimes, right? Uh, Sometimes it feels like that that pastor's just pointing at me, Judy, right? But (laughs) listen to me. Talking to you. (laughs) Yes, he's talking straight to me. And I went in really so downhearted and left so uplifted because the, the message was to take heart and to be patient and to trust this, our system, our constitution, our, and for me to trust God and that he's in control. And they talked about, it was really interesting. They talked about the widow. It was in, I believe it was in uh, Luke 18 eight and it talked about this widow who came before the court and asking for justice because she was left destitute. Her husband died and he left her a small amount, but uh, of people who were supposed to take care of that stole it from her. And the judge was corrupt and said he wouldn't even listen to her. He wouldn't even listen to the the complaint uh and she kept returning and kept returning and i'm i'm i was really convicted because i thought that we, we really had it kind of in intense and tough here in detroit uh with uh the whole election thing and because there's a lot of allegations flying around about voter suppression and our, you know, the Republican vote being suppressed and, uh, and how it went before the court here in Michigan and the judge dismissed it. Of course, they'll, they'll bring it back again, but I was disheartened. I'm, I, I, I couldn't understand how, how can she dismiss this when I know it happened personally? My true friend was there when they were counting the votes and he was personally escorted out of Cobo Hall um, when they started to, they stopped all of the counts and they completely removed the Republican counters and removed them, them from Judy? the site. Uh, I, I, all of them. And oh then they boarded up, then they covered up. So then they were videotaping. He videotaped the whole thing. And people were outside the windows and they were videotaping the whole thing. They literally covered the windows with paper so that nobody could see from the outside as they counted the vote. It seemed- a reason? No reason. No reason at all. It was my it was my friend, Mitch, and he videotaped it. He sent me the video. He has sent it in to the campaign and, and really the people who are bringing the suit but it, it, it was so, I was so disheartened. And then when I heard this message, I just, the, in the end, the judge finally said, okay, okay, I'll give you justice. Cause she would come back every single day and complain that, that she had been taken advantage of. And he was a corrupt judge, but he finally said, you are, you know, you're a thorn in my, in my craw basically. And just to get rid of you, I'm going to to grant you your request. And but she had to come back every single day, every single day. And I just thought, OK, there's a there's been corruption, you know, before Christ and justice will eventually prevail. I That's the, the message I got. But, but the other thing I wanted to tell you is so I went to Google and I Googled. Um, you know, the suppressing of votes or corruption in elections. And everything that I got was about is the Republican voter suppressing uh, suppression starting to backfire is the threat of uh, it's all about the evil Republicans suppressing the Democrat vote. Well, Judy, I didn't that's, find that, one that, thing. That's right? so-
3: that is so interesting because you know that, that we had a conversation um, just recently about how Google gives you information mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and it selects the information that you get to see. And it doesn't necessarily give you truthful information. It, it no. selects the information. So again, when we were talking about the, the whole social dilemma with social media, what right. we found out was that if you Google that subject and somebody else uh, in another state in another of another political persuasion, Googles that they will get different results. So isn't that interesting because that's how, how your mind gets manipulated in, in regards to corruption. I I agree with you that we have had corruption in government since before Christ was born. That's for sure. Uh, You can go way back in the Bible and look at, public corruption. Mm It seems to me, you know, I I don't know if it's worse. I I honestly don't, because, you know, you look back at the days in Chicago, and you look at the mobs that were Mm -hmm. running things. I mean, that was a lot of corruption as well. So we we always have corruption. What always have depended on in our country, what we have truly depended on, and which is really the foundation of our country is our right to vote, and that we have free and fair elections. And that's where I feel that we have changed. I I feel that when we brought in the voting by mail, it leaves so much room for corruption that I don't, I don't want to feel that because I don't feel that we had a free and fair election. I don't know who, who really won. I, I'm willing to accept the results of who truly won, but I'm not willing to accept not knowing who truly won. And I don't feel that we do because I do feel, and more and more is coming out all the time about the corruption in elections all over the country. So I think that we need to figure that out and figure out how we're going to get around that because, you know, really, Administrations have been corrupt. I don't care if it's federal, really? state, local. I mean, you have had tremendous corruption in Philadelphia. You've had corruption, Judy, in your state of Michigan. In Detroit, for sure. We there. There's corruption in so many places. Some much more than others. But in our federal government, you know, I in my lifetime, I feel that the obama administration took it to a new level of corruption with all the things that they did starting with fast and furious with hillary's emails with just so many benghazi so many different things that were hidden from the public that there was no transparency in the administration and then when they started the whole spying on a presidential candidate i mean all bets are off
2: my experience church is somewhat like judy's i tell my pastor all the time i feel like sometimes he follows me around all week and then on saturday evening decides to come together with a message because he watched what i had been doing and it was a perfect storyline of what not to do or what could be different or how you could do something different and i usually wipe out of church with my tail between my legs because every message speaks to me and the scripture tells us that when jesus spoke and when the apostles spoke people heard at different levels and i think that's what happens with pastors they talk about a specific instance but it is always meant to Uh, be applied to your own personal situation some way or another and he laughs when I tell him I feel like he follows me around all week on the the subject of corruption my head is overflowing I have had so many people send me stuff because I'm one of the administrators of the Trump train here in Bernie, I, my email and my Facebook page are flooded with requests to post things. And I always have to go through that information before I post it. And after talking to my son-in-law, he said, our United States of America since 1913 has been under attack politically. There's individuals that want total control. And that's what all of this corruption is about. That is what corruption is about. I don't care if it's the mafia. I don't care if it's government or if whatever it is, it could even be in the workplace. People want to have total control. Power and and money, right? Exactly. And so he said since the beginning of 1913, this has been a small very manipulative effort on the part of individuals, kind of like a cancer where they feed things and then take a step back and feed more things and take a step back. But every time you take a step back, you're not really advancing because the information they get you up front is more than you're taking a step back. So they make people think that, Oh, Well, maybe that's not true, but it really, the corruption is there, but they don't want you to see it. And now I think we're at a point, we've got a boil on our United States. And I believe it's about to rupture. You know, you've heard the story about how the frog know he's being boiled. You drop him in a pot of hot water and he wants to jump right out. But you put him in a pot of cold water and he eventually gets comfortable, and he learns to live in that environment. And the next thing you know, he's cooked. And I feel like something doesn't happen within the next month or so. That's where the United States is going to be. We are going to be cooked, and that boil is about to bust. Now, I'm hoping that that boil busts because we've got We've ha- we have got explicit information about the corruption that is before our eyes, and in my opinion, cannot be denied. Because of all of the information I'm looking at, when you watch a TV program, and this is one instance, when you watch a particular channel and you watch the numbers go up for one individual, and they go down for another individual and those numbers are identical, and then you look at the ticker tape and it hasn't changed yet, you know something's askew. Becky, I have to tell you
3: that the word pictures you have put in my mind are not pleasant. Thank you very much.
2: I'm so sorry. <laughs> I love Dr. Pimple Popper.
1: We no, need Dr. That, Pimple that Popper. Is just disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> I love to watch her <laughs> but she's who we need right now it isn't going to be fun but it definitely has to be done and I part part of me is really fights while I just fight within myself to jump in and really get out there and fight against this and knowing that as I do that, I will lose friends, friends that I've loved my whole life. And yet, I really feel like our nation is on the cusp right now. So I what, do you, how do you guys feel about that? Have you lost any friends in the middle well,
3: of all of this? I have to I have not lost any friends. But what I did do is I did go onto my Facebook and I'm a very rare social media contributor. I I just am not so much on social media, but every time that I did get something from somebody that I did want to see on Facebook, I would notice that there were certain people writing such vitriol on Facebook about the election, about the candidates, about my candidate. Uh, And, and, you know, I, every time I would get on, I would feel upset. So what I did do is I went through and I just started unfriending people because I don't want to hear those thoughts and I don't want those thoughts in my life. And I don't want to have to go onto Facebook and or Twitter or any social media and see the vitriol that has been on there. So that's what I did. And I will tell you, the people that I left on there are people that I do care about, that I do want to hear from, and I just, there's enough negativity in life. I have one there. day every day to live my life, and I want to live it the happiest
2: possible.
1: I think we had this problem before, before Facebook and Instagram I, and all of that. Well,
2: I would, have, I would have to say that I've had family members block me well, very close family members that have blocked me. It is unfortunate that we cannot have a conversation about right. our disagreements and still remain civil.
1: Friends, we would, we, before we would have conversations over the dinner table or out on the back porch or wherever we were, and we would have some sort of a resolution, agree to disagree. But I think Spouting off on these different platforms allows us to just do that, spout off or say our opinion and also do it in a way that really isn't civil. When you're sitting across the table from somebody with a glass of wine in your hand and you love this person and you're sharing your opinion, it's not going to be laced with all this shame and judgment and it's not not going to be veiled, right? It's not going to be, I meant, it's not not going to be, you're just not protected by the screen. And I think people were more civil when we actually spoke to each
0: other in person or even on the phone. Don't miss an episode of the Ladies of Liberty Sound Off. Subscribe to the podcast. And for the latest news and inspiration, join us back at americaoutloud.com.
4: Did you know the average person spends 26 years of their life sleeping? The real troubling statistic is that we spend 7 years of our life trying to get to sleep, struggling with racing minds, tossing and turning. If you're one of the millions of Americans who need better quality sleep, the time to change is now. Sleep is proven to extend our lifespan protect against terrible diseases like cancer, heart disease, and dementia, make us more attractive and thinner, feel calmer and happier, and boost energy levels, memory, and performance. Until now, most sleep supplements haven't worked, but a new, easy-to-swallow sleep gel, invented by the leading nutrition company Healthy Cell, is designed to support all four stages of human sleep to help you fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deep, and wake up refreshed. It's called REM sleep. To get a free two-night supply of REM sleep, visit HealthyCell.com slash sleep. That's HealthyCell.com slash sleep.
0: Listen to the Ladies of Liberty sound off on iHeartRadio or our free apps on Apple, Android, or Alexa.
2: We're back, and I'd like to pick up Judy's conversation a little bit when we talk about how... Our friends and family are distant to us now because they might have a different opinion about something. And I don't think people know how to be graceful and gracious and have a different opinion. I think it all began with this pandemic that we had. It began to separate people because people's ideas about how you deal with an illness is very very different and it doesn't really matter what illness it is it could be any disease you're going to have differing opinions but i believe this particular pandemic was purposefully driven into our minds to put separation into people so that there would be divisiveness. And that's what I've seen the culmination happen where we are today. I see people not being able to talk openly about how they feel about different subjects, whether it's uh, money or politics or your health or what you're going to do with your investments. Because everybody's got a different opinion and because everybody is so volatile right now, you can't talk about anything. And yes, we used to be able to sit at the table and have these civil conversations, get up from the table, hug each other, tell each other that we love each other and move on. But we can't do that anymore. You know what I heard just to what you're saying,
3: the, the attitude to me that I am seeing from say Chuck Schumer is now we're going to punish all of you Trumpers. And that's how I feel. I feel that their attitude in Congress and their attitude in the um, Senate, although we don't know yet what's going to happen with the Senate, we have a a long way to go several months to know what's going to happen with the Senate. But what I feel is, and what he said was, wait till we take over the Senate and then we're going to pass all kinds of things. I feel like instead of it being an administration that, as they say, is going to you know, bring us all together, I feel that it's going to be, now we've got you and we're going to punish you and we're going to make sure this never happens again. And I don't oh, like yeah. that feeling. That makes me very, very uncomfortable. And- Also, to that point, uh, AOC put out a tweet that says that they ought to be getting the names of everybody that participated in the Trump administration questioning of the election and all big Trump uh, donors and put it together. Is this like, are we in Nazi <laughs> Germany here? Are we, are we going to start? I'm telling you how they vote. This is what worries me. It's
1: terrifying. It, it, it's just, it is terrifying. It's, it does sound like Nazi Germany. Truly. I, I, um, it, I'm try I try not to be frightened, but I am. I am because it feels like, I don't know if we'll ever have a legal election again. As, as the Democrats move to eliminate the Electoral College. They move to make D.C. a state. They, I mean, they're, it's, it's, uh, it, it's craziness, I think. And suddenly we're, we're not a nation of one. We're just we're completely separated. Um, and I don't know what's going to happen. I really don't.
2: I am a little bit encouraged only in that we have a new justice who is a constitutionalist. Mm -hmm. Our president presently is also a constitutionalist Mm -hmm. and I believe that she was quite certain and confident and direct about how she was going to rule in certain situations Regarding the Constitution, and I'm hoping that things don't have to get to that point, but I agree with you. It scares me. I'm on the other side of life because I'm a senior and my grandkids are on the front side of life. And I am not worried, but I am concerned that they are not going to be able to grow up in a country that enjoyed the freedoms that I have been privileged to have. And there we go again with the power. That is exactly what the other side, the Democrats, want to do. They want complete power. I was thinking that when these people get in power, and when you look at these other countries that have gone by the wayside because they have a socialist or a communist regime, you've got one person in power. And what the Democrats don't understand when they're moving in this direction, and they see jointly right now that they, many of them agree on the direction they want to go, they don't understand that little bit by little bit, they're going to be eliminated. Because the directive of having a socialist or a communist regime is to have one person in power. So all of these people that have this utopia idea that we're going to be, it's going to be wonderful. Mm -hmm. It's going to be great. We're going to get everything done. We want the one that really is going to be in charge is the one that's going to stamp, stomp on all of them and a little bit by little bit, they're going to be removed. Right. Well, one hopes So Um, I want to,
3: ask you both, what we can do about this. So we have a couple of issues. The one issue is the voting. Um, I -hmm. want to talk just for a second about the mail in voting. My opinion is that that was a huge mistake for states to allow now states can allow them they have the right to do that in their states. But To me, it left so much question and it will forever. It will uh, forever not allow us to believe that we have a free and fair election. I don't know what the law is or what the law would be, but my opinion is that the federal government somehow should step in. And I don't think that this is constitutional, so I'm throwing it out there. And and they should say people have to vote. They have to go and vote and you know, maybe they can make, say three days where you can go and vote, but you have to go and vote and you have to show ID. That is the only way yeah. in my mind that I will feel comfortable that we have a free and fair election in this country.
1: Oh, I agree completely. I think that the mail, the the mass mail-in vote, you know, votes, that was a catastrophe. When I think about uh, what i've learned about nevada how how many dead people voted how many people voted uh that had moved out of the state all that weren't even residents of the state um it's it's to me it's a travesty it really is and yet when they were pushing for it and calling us i don't know I, i people would say that i was so wrong that i got my information from trash magazines or whatever (laughs) and and you're racist and
3: you're suppressing the vote i'm right i'm suppressing the vote exactly yep
1: all the name calling all the the shaming uh that was attached to it and and i i i posted this one little blurb just to be funny it said, gosh, if we can stand in line at Walmart and Target, why can't we stand in line to vote, right? Absolutely. And I had 120 comments on that oh, alone. God. and are and just a bad
3: person, Judy.
1: <laughs> I am. <laughs> and I mean, and people were fighting with each other on my post, right, about it. It was craziness. And yet... I really did feel like that. I really did not understand what the push, what why people felt like they couldn't vote in person As because they of have for the yeah. last
3: couple hundred years in this country, right?
1: Right. Exactly. Um, I pulled up this article about what exactly is voter suppression, right? And uh, it was really amazing because the the for instance, the examples that they gave, it's really, for instance, one, one of the things that is listed as, as voter suppression is long lines. Okay.
3: <laughs> well, long know, that, lines. That, that, that can are, be fixed. Are they, do, have they ever, right. have they ever been to Disneyland? Just curious. I know that's my standing? question. <laughs>
1: Are but, they standing but not line only on Black
3: Friday. How
1: long? I are guess, standing? yeah, to get that TV at Walmart. I don't know. But listen to this: long lines at the polls are one of the most visible forms of voter suppression. Every election, um, some voters are forced to wait in hours-long lines before entering the voting booth. Long voting lines disproportionately impact Black. Latino and young voters. Well, why who, is that?
2: Yeah, why is that? I don't that? understand. Early how does voting that hurt for, anything? And you've got early voting for two weeks, and you can go and do your voting. You don't have to stand in line. You can go when you think everybody's at work if you're not working. But I, I have a thought too about all of this mail in stuff. And I believe our pandemic again uh, mm-hmm. really, they, really pushed this because. Mail-in votes are the easiest way to cause corruption and fraud. You can throw them away. You can alter them. You can flip one. If you don't like the way somebody voted, you can always pull up an empty one and fill it out the way you want to. And that was their agenda from the very beginning when they started pushing this mail-in voting. They had an agenda. They knew that. Mm there was going to be a different outcome if, and that's, and that's why people do push agendas their way is because they are looking for a specific outcome and they know they have a method in which to go there.
3: Well, and they did that in the middle of the night when they stopped the voting Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden all these ballots turned up. Now, you can listen to, lots of other people and they say that talk like that is crazy and you know, none of that That's happened right. and there's no proof. Guess what? There wouldn't be a lot of proof because that is the whole point of fraud is right. that you can get That's the whole point away of fraud. with it. Exactly. Sure. Right. And, and you have, you had po- people from the post office sending in affidavits that said we right. changed The, our supervisor told us to change the day that the vote came in. So it came in the day after the election. It was not supposed to be accepted, but we had to turn them in anyway and they processed them. Okay. You, you have plenty of evidence, but the thing is, just as an American, I want to know that my vote was not canceled by somebody with a a fraudulent vote. I want to know that we have a free and fair election and there's nothing that what time will do to make me feel that our last presidential election was a free and fair election. I don't I know agree. who would have won if it was a free and fair election, but i that's all I'm asking for. And the mail-in ballots, in my opinion, are absolutely a wrong way for our country to go. And now they're talking about expanding that even more. And again, there's just too too many wrong things to to happen and why do that to our country why put our country through that every 2 years when you have the congressional elections every 4 years why why should we have to go through this i don't want to go through this again this was very stressful and it's going to be stressful for a long time to come for the whole country we need to have an election know that what what we got for the outcome is the real outcome and then move on with our lives and i don't think that's too much to ask of our government
2: well we're even finding out linda that the uh voting booth the the computers that were used are changing votes they have a I saw that yes they've got I an know. allogram they've got an allogram that can switch the votes and guess who guess who owns 60 percent of that particular machine. Would wow. you like to know? I did hear that. I did hear that. I did hear that they caught it, but there's a lot of well it
3: that have not been it's, investigated. It's,
2: Senator, it's Senator Feinstein's husband that owns no 60, Yes. And then we also find out that Pelosi's husband owns a portion of it. So what wow. they do is they have this allogram that can go in and when they want to they click it. And why is it just 6000 it's 6000 it's, it's too obvious, all of the machines did 6000. And when you have 130,000 mail in votes come in, and 100% of them are for one candidate. There's a red flag. Do they really think we are stupid? Yes.
3: <laughs> yes, would be yes, the answer. Yes, they do. So the <laughs> yes, the, uh, they the do. other,
2: the other issue
3: that that I think that I want to get your opinions on, uh, I want to think. I, I think that term limits would help a lot of this because the people cannot live there for forty-seven years, and right you know d- just do nothing else and and hone their skills at deceiving americans i i just think right. that we should have term limits and get these people as our founders Wanted that the, the founders of our country saw this as you know, hey, you're you're a business person or you're a farmer and you're doing your mm-hmm. your thing every day and you come in and you serve for a couple of years and then you go back and right. that's what I want to see us go back to. These lifetime people in right. our Senate and our Congress are among the most corrupt in
1: our country and the most disengaged. The like they have Absolutely. no idea what. Uh, what the actual worker, what the actual business owner uh, goes through and really what our concerns are really, they don't care. They, really they don't, don't care. they don't care. Right. They're lifelong politicians and their main goal is just to, to get, you know, get voted in again and, and to control and be in power. When I look at Gretchen Whitmer, she has done, she's, been nothing but a politician her whole life and yet she is shutting down Michigan I mean completely and destroying family-owned businesses businesses that have been family-owned and fairly successful for generations and I'm watching them close over and over and over again it's the same thing and now in
3: California. She- It is. And
1: now she wants me to decide how many people I can have over for dinner at my house
2: too. Well, here's and where they are. Here's what you do for dinner. I saw a meeting that said, (laughs) I'm going to declare my turkey a funeral. That way I can have 30 people at my table. I love it.
1: That's fantastic. (laughs) Uh,
2: So you have to follow the money. I mean, how many how many politicians come into political arena and they're billionaires or millionaires. you not right. very many. How can that be? But, but, and then you've yeah. got a businessman who is already a billionaire that comes mm-hmm. in to the politics of his life and gives up the money that he makes as a president and makes right. less money as a billionaire or a businessman. You've got to follow the money. It's all about power and it's all about mm-hmm. money. And well, if you if there, anybody, yes. if anybody has looked at the scandal from China, they've got to know that there is more than one individual that has spent 47 years in office that is involved in that particular scandal.
3: Yes. Right. Yes.
2: Hey, I want to take
3: just a second and introduce all of our hosts today. Uh, we have with us Judy Moran. Judy is the co-owner of the 12-week year. This is a book written by her husband. It is absolutely amazing. I've read it. I've gone to his lectures. Uh, Amazing. And she lives in Michigan on a horse ranch. Hi, Judy. Wow. (laughs) Hi. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) And we have Becky Stokes with us today. And Becky is, uh, has been a homemaker for, tell me if I get this right, Becky, 49 years. About there, yeah. 47, 47. somewhere (laughs) around there. Lots of years anyway. And as she said, she led the Trump train in uh, the San Antonio area of Texas, did a phenomenal job. I happen to be part of that Trump train myself. And uh, so we're really happy to have Becky with us today. And I'm Linda Martinelli. I am uh, an entrepreneur. I have a business in California still. And i am also the host of Talking While Married along with my husband that plays every day on America Out Loud at 8 p.m. Eastern time. So join us there as well. And we'll be right back.
4: Spreading the out loud truth from sea to shine and sea. Americaoutloud.com is the voice of liberty and justice for all. This is not a fight of Republican versus Democrat. It's not a fight of rich versus poor, old versus young, man versus woman, gay versus straight. It's not a fight of black lives, blue lives, Hispanic lives, or white lives. This is a battle of good versus evil. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. We are the vision of the voices, America Out Loud Talk Radio.
0: Thanks for listening. You can tune in to Ladies of Liberty Sound Off weekdays at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at americaoutloud.com.
5: Hello, this is Lieutenant Randy Sutton, the host of Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement. I am a 34-year police veteran. I am also the founder and CEO of an organization that stands behind injured and disabled law enforcement officers. It is called The Wounded Blue. Our website is thewoundedblue.org. We have produced a film. It is an important film. I urge you to watch it. The film details what happens when a police officer or law enforcement officer is shot or stabbed or beaten or disabled, seriously injured in the line of duty. Most people think they are taken care of medically and financially. The reality may be quite different. It is called The Wounded Blue, Service, Sacrifice, Betrayed. The film is available on Amazon, iTunes, and the Microsoft Store.
3: Well, welcome back, everyone. And Judy and Becky, I'm tired of talking about politics. I want to talk about something a lot more fun. Judy, you were telling me a story about your Spanx that had me rolling on the floor. I, I, think, you need to, I think you need to tell the story about your Spanx. All right. Oh, my gosh. Well, <laughs> first off, you know,
1: I, I really do partake of all of the beauty regimens I can. I'm, I'm what you call, I think, uh, like a, um, a makeup beauty junkie. That's me. Totally. I, uh, my father was in retail, and he raised me to be Marilyn Monroe, so I, I use everything in my power. Right. And then I started thinking, what the heck, especially when I was so sad to hear and that, um, we lost our favorite James Bond. Yeah. So sad. He was so handsome, so beautiful. And, but he was hot all the way through into his nineties and me, I'm, I'm like struggling. I'm only, I'm 56 and I, I'm like, what the heck, right? For, uh, I dressed up as a kitty cat uh, for Halloween well, a tiger and I, and, and here I am struggling. I looked at all the costumes, right? To be a tiger. Cause Brian uh, went as the tiger King, you know, what they were- <laughs> He went as the Tiger King and uh, Joe Exotic. And so I'm like, I'll be a tiger. And then all the costumes were really sexy in ways that I can't really should be sexy anymore, if that makes sense. (laughs) So there I am. I'm like, okay, I got to get into this this sexy tiger dress, but I'm trying to get my Spanx on and, and all my stress eating through COVID and the election and all of that. And I'm in my bedroom and my kids are knocking at the door, yelling at me, mom, can I come in? And I only have half the Spanx on and I'm just like, oh my gosh, I can't fit all this in. Right. (laughs) Holy cow. And then I started to ask myself, do men wear Spanx? Do they, do they ever even think of that? Would they ever even think of hiding their gut? I don't know. I know James Corden does. So
2: <laughs> I don't think most any of comments?
1: I <laughs> well, <Yeah. laughs>
2: I did have one lady tell me one time that she put a pair of Spanx on one time, and it went up around her, her belly in her middle, and the next thing she knew, she was sucking on her breast. Right. It so- <laughs>
5: that is not a good right. picture
2: either, Becky. <laughs> That's hilarious. That is so funny. Because they were up in her face and then she didn't know what to do with them. So she Right. Well, th- th- this <laughs> is a
3: huge problem it. for women. I-, I do own a pair of Spanx myself. However, I haven't put them on in some time. I probably should.
5: No. <laughs> I, mean, I just buy them on I loved
1: it. Once I got him on, I felt really, I rocked that cat suit, I got to tell (laughs) you. And nobody knows the difference, so it's all good. Nobody knows the difference, exactly, right? Well,
2: you know, when you get older, and I'm in the older category now, and I I just recently got married four years ago. I guess that's recent. Wow, yeah. After my first husband passed away, and so I was a little bit concerned about you know when you get married at twenty one you look one way, when you yeah get you do at, when you get married at sixty five. You don't look that way anymore. In fact, you've got things that you didn't know you had, and places you didn't know were there. This is true. (laughs) And then you feel like you're missing some things that you used to have a long time ago, and you don't know where they went. Only to find out they're being covered up by something else. Right. Right. You're you're trying to lift all this stuff into place when you get dressed, and then when you take. When you go and get undressed, you're so depressed Mm -hmm. because it's all back where it wasn't supposed to be. (laughs) Everything kind of just falls out. (laughs) Yes. I know. And then then you you and your husband go on the same diet and he's lost 10 pounds. That
1: drives me crazy. That's
2: not fair.
1: (laughs) That is not fair. (laughs) You know what I realized? I have to tell you. That when I look back, you know, when you look at old pictures, you know, from five years ago, I look at myself and I think, I, I thought I was fat. Look how good I looked. Right. And I think, oh. was I crazy? I thought I was fat. And now, so I figure now, five years from today, I'm going to think I look skinny. So I'm just going to enjoy it. That's something to look <laughs> forward to. <laughs> exactly. Well, <yeah. laughs> exactly.
3: Yeah, men, men seem to lose weight much faster than women. And, and mm-hmm. a lot of times they age better. Sometimes they don't. But uh, just yeah, it just depends. I guess it's all about uh, our, what our genetics, right? Oh, definitely. And exactly. I just,
1: I, mm-hmm. And I love being 56. I am so, I don't know, I'm so much calmer now, if you can imagine that. You would have been scared of me before, but...
3: I'm scared I, um, of you now. I,
2: don't. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, yeah. you talk about but. our original James Bond and how good he mm-hmm. looked even at his age. Mm-hmm. Men tend to... I love men in gray hair. I think it mm-hmm. is stunning. But you put gray hair on me and I look like an old hag. I look like it's I have 20 years. And so... The vanity Mm -hmm. in me continues to cover it up and I'm going, I'm going lighter on my color because as you get older, lighter looks better. Mm -hmm. But
3: with gray hair on men, oh my gosh, they look distinguished. They, they wear it well. I would never, I will never have gray hair. Uh, it will, I, it I will, will not do well on me. And yeah, there's a big difference between, you know, how how men age and how women age. And it's, you know, women seem to age getting more on their lower half and men seem to age getting more on their bellies. You know, the whole hair thing. Uh,
1: what I realized back in when I had cancer, and I did chemo, I lost all my hair. And um, what I re- and what I realized was that nobody really cares about your hair. They care about their hair. Okay. <laughs> oh. if you know what I mean? No, <laughs> because I realized it just didn't matter. Right. I mean, we worry about our hair. We worry of the color and the cut. And I used to worry about it. But once, once it was all gone, there was a freedom in that for me. And when it came back, I thought, when it started to come back, it was so short. I went platinum because I love Annie Lennox, right? I wanted to look like her.
2: Oh, you And I thought
1: she's sexy, right? And I thought, okay, I'm going to do that. And uh, I have, I have no idea what color my hair actually is or when I'm going to turn gray. I probably am already. So I could probably just get done bleaching my hair like that. But it's funny. I just, it's, it, was, it just gave me a freedom
3: in you know, that. I haven't seen my hair color since I was 15 years old. <laughs> oh when, my. I, when I was 15, I started, I always was blonde, but, you know, kind of, mm-hmm. it's kind of started going towards more dishwatery kind of blonde at 15 yep. instead of the toe head look. And so I brought it yeah. back to the toe head look
2: and there I remain.
1: Nice. <laughs> I like well, it Linda, on you.
2: Linda, I want to go back to the, Everything drops to the bottom and women. Okay, so, so my mother and I were talking one day, and she said something to me. She was putting on her bathing suit, and she said, "You know what? The Lord gave me a flat butt. So what I have is a befront. I don't have a behind."
1: <laughs> That's fantastic.
2: <laughs> and, so then she, and then she tells me she said she said her body is like a dresser. Her shiver robe has fallen into her drawers oh <laughs> that's hilarious but that's what happens with women we seem unless you mm-hmm. are a fanatic person that right exercises all the time and mm-hmm. I used to I used to be one of those you know I used to do crossfit and I've always mm-hmm. done aerobics and now I'm we were up to 18 miles a day on our bikes
0: wow and I think,
2: I think that's why we did so well when we got COVID because our lungs were healthy. Sure. But mm-hmm. getting, but you, you know, at this age when you are exercising and you take a few weeks off, it's an effort mm-hmm. to get back to where you were. There's just like my daughters, oh my gosh, my daughters are telling me, Mom, what is happening to my body? And I said, You're 40. Oh. Everything <laughs> starts falling apart when you're 40. <laughs>
3: Well, I was looking at, not to get off the subject of bodies, but yeah. I, I was looking at, <laughs> at a, um, a, a thing um, on the internet, not on the internet, but on my Facebook that s- had a cute little, I don't know if, I, I'm not, I don't know what memes exactly are, honestly, yeah. yeah. it, but, but it said, how come they never find buckets full of Republican votes? true. (laughs) So cute. And then another one that said another one that said light travels faster than sound. This is why some people appear bright until you hear them speak. (laughs) Right. I just (laughs) exactly I get such a kick out of those, just those little tiny sayings like hilarious. How come that? How come all these crazy things happen?
1: Exactly. Okay, I have one for you. So here's a question. What used to be considered trashy but now is very classy.
3: Oh. oh. Uh, I said
1: Cardi yeah.
3: B. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Pretty trashy back yeah. in my day. And, and now they're kind of getting to be the end thing. Although I don't think that that's a good thing. Um, no. yeah, there's there's yeah. a lot of things. that we I, I have
1: to tell you, I'm very upset because I have seen white pumps after Labor Day.
2: So, <laughs> well, that's, that's, yeah, that's pretty, uh, that's, a, that's really bad. No. <laughs> well, I okay. think it depends on the part of the country you live in. Cause we wore white shoes in Florida all year long. I and
1: know. I, I know. <laughs> Go ahead. And,
2: and in Texas, you see the same thing. So I think it just really depends on the part of the country.
3: <laughs> right.
2: Exactly. You, you know that Texas ladies are very, very proper. Becky,
3: they are. They are. We they try they, to be just can be yeah. so, you know, the one of the first things that struck me about Texas years ago, when I lived here, the first time was that all the ladies went out and they were all dressed very nicely. And they were so all cute. wearing makeup and their hair was always done. We're in California. I mean, we were just like, oh, yeah, just like bums all yeah. the time. So it, it was it. I would say that now that I've been here, you know, the last five years again it's Mm -hmm. it's changed it's changed some i mean i never i never dress up anymore i i love just dressing down Mm i wear jeans 90 percent of the time i love it
2: well i could think of one thing that has flipped i used to travel on the airplane and of course you wore dresses and shoes and before i started flying people wore gloves and hats and everything and now people wear their pajamas
1: I know. Oh, my gosh. I have to tell you the funniest story. Um, This is back when I traveled for business and I was flying into Minneapolis. I I sold potpourri and candles and Dayton Hudson Marshall Fields was my client and I would go there all the time and it became a routine. I was there for a week every single month. And this one time I was flying in to show them Christmas. So I had all of my samples and I guess you know, I pulled up to the curb. This was before 9/11. Pulled up to the curb, carried in all my boxes and everything, and checked in and all that. And I, and I, um, spent the week in Minneapolis. And I came home. It was successful. And I, it's like 11 o'clock, and I, I'm, I can't find my keys anywhere. And I think, what the heck, right? where are my keys? How am I going to get home? Brian's going to kill me. And I looked up and my friend Michael is, is getting off the plane. I didn't even know he was on the plane. And he comes off the plane. And he's like, Jude. And I'm like, can you give me a ride home? Sure. So we're walking out to the parking lot. And I say, I don't see my car, Michael and he said what are you talking about and he goes where is it jude Now come on let's go back through your day you've got you brushed your teeth washed your face packed your bags i said yep i drove to the airport and i pulled up to the curb and i um checked in all my bags and and i got on the plane he's like you got on the plane i'm like i got on the plane and he said you didn't park your car i didn't park my car i said. Can you imagine? I oh. left my car running at the curb. Oh can you imagine it, uh, it, it, it yeah it it was it ran out of gas, I guess at the curb, and so they had it towed. Can you imagine so unbelievable? I guess I had a little bit on my mind, right, and mm-hmm. uh, When I picked it, when I picked up the car from the towing place, they said, I knew you were blonde. I said, shut (laughs) up. Anyway. (laughs) Anyway, I hope
3: that made you guys laugh. Well, it was really fun to have a little bit of levity in this time that's been just so stressful for all of us. So thank you both. Mm, Absolutely. I just... I feel like we need to find joy
1: everywhere and in any any time of our life. I think that's what will carry us through is the hope and the joy and the laughter. And
0: for me, it's Christ. So. Well, ladies, that's a wrap. One more step for womankind.